I don't know why it is so hard for me to start this channel, y'all. I really don't know why. I have not the slightest idea why, honestly. Maybe I do know why. <sighs> Maybe because good might come from it and the enemy doesn't want me to produce this good. Maybe I'm just lazy. Maybe I'm overthinking. But what I can tell you is that it'll never get done if I don't start now. So here we are. I started recording this video earlier, actually, um, but then I stopped because I needed to do some washing and I didn't have time to sit there and film a 30, 40 minute video without pausing. And so I paused it and I never went back. We're just going to start fresh. I'm just learning myself and I'm learning how to show up differently in the world right now. I feel like why people are so disconnected from the church in this new generation is not only the hypocrisy, not only the hatred that's been spewed instead of love, but just hatred, but they have not got to see authenticity in faith. You see these people standing on these stages. You see these people trying to condemn people for their sin as if it's so easy. You don't get to see how they struggled. They rarely highlight their struggle. They rarely highlight what they've got going on. There's no transparency and vague authenticity. But I find what is so powerful about my ministry is the authenticity behind it. No one wants another fake face standing as if they're perfect without error. If you want me to be perfect to preach the gospel, then this is not the ministry for you because I will never be perfect. I'm not Jesus, but I do the best that I can every single day to show up as the best version of myself, even if it means I have to come back and apologize because I didn't get it right the first time. I'm gonna make sure that before that sun goes down, I do all I can to get it right. And so I've been in this season of just showing up as my authentic self and I've had to challenge myself with what is really authentically you. Because sometimes the bad emotions that we say are just spirits really are authentically us. I genuinely do have an attitude problem sometimes. Spirit, I wouldn't, we're not at war with flesh and blood, but with powers and principalities, spiritual wickedness in high places. But at the same time, even Jesus cursed a tree and Jesus wasn't possessed by no demons. My attitude is me. My level of irritation is me. The cold shoulder that I have when I get fed up is me. And so people like to say, I am who I am. You got to accept, accept me as I am. Yes and no. You have to accept me as I am, but you have to accept me knowing that I'm doing the work myself. Knowing that I know my bad parts. And if you can love me through the bad, I promise one day we'll get to good. That's how you know who's really in your corner. But I've had to come with, to terms with the fact that I've been a problem in a lot of situations. Failing to look at myself and always think everyone else was the problem. And while people do things, nobody's innocent, innocent. I can control more than I give myself credit for, if that made sense. I have more power than I, than I, than I pretend to have. And to say that everything else is impacting me so heavily would be a lie that diminishes God in me. It would take away from my anointing. I told you guys that we are a light in a dark place. And it dives even deeper when you understand your spiritual authority and the dynamic of 
who you are in the world. There are some rooms that I go into where I am the student and I'm being taught, which is great. And then there are the bulk of the rooms that I go into in which I am the spiritual authority. As disciples, we are not to go into places with other spiritual authorities, meaning that was the problem with the Pharisees and the scribes. They were all high and mighty hanging around eating with each other. Jesus sat with sinners, the people who needed him. Why are we only spending time around people who don't need us? So when you get around people who need you, you are then the spiritual authority. Therefore, how can you expect the people that need you to give you anything when they need you? How can you expect them to bring you light when they're dark? They need your light. How can you expect them to be good when they need your good? It's the math ain't math and it doesn't make sense. So I've had to get into a reevaluation of who I am, but it wasn't even reevaluating. It was more so remembering. I lost myself and I don't know when, I don't know where, I don't know how, but I did. I put out a message on TikTok. I didn't understand that it was a pro Listen, I just do what I do. I'm not the person who walks around with titles. I'm not one of those people who walks around arrogant. Yes, I'm anointed. Yes, I have gifts, but I don't even know how to work them that well that I could ever be arrogant. I just do what I do. And if it touches someone, it touches somebody. Glory to God that it does touch people. I really don't know. I put out that message not knowing it was a prophetic message that also applied to me. I said, the enemy wants you to forget who you are in this season. Days later, at Bible study, I'm a member of the Potter's House. Literally, it was the same message. The enemy was trying to make you forget who you are in this season. And as many times as I've said it and I've heard it, I yet still didn't grasp it to set myself free. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word, by the word of God. Though I, I heard it, I didn't hear it. That's why we can see but not see. For Paul said, I pray that the eyes of your understanding be open because I can see but not understand and I can see but not see. Oh, I heard but I didn't hear. And ironically, it was a person that I didn't expect to pour into me into this capacity that poured that, that God used to open my eyes. It was a seed of openness that was planted that started a domino effect of me reevaluating and reconsidering and seeing how I lost myself. And because I lost myself, I became my biggest enemy because I misplaced Robin. I became weak because your power is attached to who you truly are. It's attached. Your confidence is attached to who you truly are. And if you're not that person, you don't have anything. So I lost myself because standing in yourself isn't always easy. Running away might seem easier, but on the back end, it's harder because the warfare is greater because now you are in something with no power. When you face trial and tribulation as yourself, we glory in every tribulation, knowing the tribulation produces perseverance, perseverance, character and character hope. But we don't glory so much in tribulation when we're in it and not 
ourself because then we have no power. Our relationship with God is with our authentic self. That's why he said in the garden, Adam, where are you? I don't know where your authentic self is. I see a man that's not the man I created him to be. Where are you? Because our relationship with God is tied to our authenticity. So if we're in a situation not being our authentic self, we are absent of Jesus and ourself. So ain't no power present at all. Thankfully, he says that if we make our bed down in hell, he'll find us. So somehow, some way, for some reason, he decides to reach down through all of the darkness and pull us back to the light. And he did. And I was reminded that I am paying a price. I told you guys in a previous YouTube video that greatness has a price. I've told you on TikTok, greatness has a price. If you need to hear it again, greatness has a price. That price is different for each person. Jesus had to get on the cross and pay the ultimate price. Thankfully, I don't have to pay that price because I can't afford it. But we all have our own individual prices that we must pay for our greatness. Sometimes that price is walking for a long time as the only you, getting nothing back as you continue to pour I say frequently, I couldn't imagine being Jesus, the only Jesus, where when I'm burdened and overwhelmed, I can't go to nobody else because I'm the only Jesus. But he went to the Father. Yet in our humanity, sometimes going to the Father just seemingly isn't enough. We yet want more, yet really, if we went to him, he has all that we need. But there's a disconnect in between our humanity wanting other people and our spirit understanding that God has everything we could ever need. Paul goes on to say that he has spent his entire life pouring, 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 not being poured back into, and he's empty, he's tired, I've poured. And so I pay the price of always pouring, not being poured into, always helping, not being helped, always giving, not being given to. But the Bible says, we're lenders and not borrowers, the head and not the tail. So the price is not so much a random price. God is not just sitting, picking and choosing. I think I'm going to charge $1,000 for this peanut today and $10,000 for that acorn over there. No, the price is set in foundation. The price of discipleship. To impact the world or to just live in it, to be successful or to just fake it. Steal it, makeshift it. Scamming is so popular because people want to be successful, but they don't want to pay the actual price for it. So you'd rather steal from someone who did pay the price or something that paid the price or fix and finagle because you don't want to pay the price. Anything worth having costs. You go on Nike and you get shoes that wear out, but you go to Gucci, you'll get some shoes that last you a little bit longer. Because you pay for what you want. If you want it that bad, you're going to pay for it. Jesus wanted God's glory to be fulfilled that bad that he paid for it. Your rent's due, yet you want the bag that bad, you're going to pay for it. Apple came out with a new phone. 
You ain't really got the money for it, but yet you're going to pay for it. Your friends going out to the club, you know, good and well that you got to pay your phone bill and your light bill, but you're going to pay for it because we pay for what we want. Oftentimes what we want outweighs what God wants for us. So we're willing to pay the price for, for, for our own selves, but not for him. Yet he paid the price for us. We have a problem reciprocating. And so I found myself in a pit where I lost myself. And I had to yet find myself. And it wasn't me. It was God working inside of me, hearing every prayer that I prayed. Oh, the eloquent prayers disappeared. They were just cries for help. Tears saying, Lord, where are you? Lifting other people up, yes, in prayer. But when it got to me, I couldn't pray as eloquent for myself. All I could say was, God, where are you? I need you. I'm drowning. I'm suffocating. And he showed up. I realized my mouth had been shut. I realized I had been caught up in darkness. You see, darkness is not always sin. Darkness is sometimes the absence of a thing. Darkness in itself is the absence of a thing because darkness isn't a thing. It's not quantifiable. It's not measurable. Darkness is not a thing. You can say you traveled at the speed of light, but you can't say you traveled at the speed of darkness because it's not a thing. It's the absence of a thing. Which literally... The darkness I was in was only because it was an absence of a thing. I had to apologize to someone the other day and say, I don't think I have a problem with you. I think I'm just hating myself and taking that out on you. Then I realized it's not really that I hated myself, but I hated the absence of myself. I hated that when I looked in the mirror, I saw nothing but emptiness. I hated that, that, that I couldn't even wake up in the morning with goals or ambition. I didn't know who or what I wanted to do or who I wanted to be because I was gone. I hated the fact that I didn't recognize the image that I saw I wasn't even a person anymore. I was just a flesh-wrapped corpse. It is so important that we never lose who we are. I've had to realize that I've hid behind so many different masks, personality masks, masks. Yeah, I think I'm saying it right. It sounds very, the Hiding behind religious masks, hiding behind so many different masks instead of standing as the person that I am. I am confident. I am powerful. And I've been so insecure and I've been so small when I'm big. And I'm feeling tears coming to my eyes. Because y'all don't, I, I don't know if I can really communicate the intensity of the pit that I was in, suffocating, I felt like I could not get out. Lord, what do I do? Where do I go? How do I escape this place? And I even recognized, Lord, I don't know who I am anymore, but I didn't know how to find myself again. I was attaching myself to someone drawing my happiness from there and they couldn't live up to the plate.
They fumbled the ball. And so then the person that I expected to fill in for my absence yet still was absent and I'm left with absence. Trying to blame God saying, Lord, where are you? And he says, where are you? Where have you been? You have everything you could ever need right at your disposal. You have my word sharper than any two-edged sword, the sword of the spirit. You have my word. It's a lamp on your feet, a light on your path. You have my word. You have my spirit dwelling in you, my blood coursing through your veins. You have me. So where have you been? Where have you been hiding that you've forgotten who your father is? Where have you been ducked off that you've forgotten who you are? Where have you been, son? I've been ghosting, hiding from my own self, not showing up to clock into my own life. Oh, and this is not a job that has replacements. If I don't show up, no one else will. There's a pain that comes with showing up. A pain that, that, that comes from the accountability that happens before the breakthrough. Taking accountability says, I am responsible for more than I give myself credit for. But if I be the problem, I too can be the solution. If the pit was influenced by anyone or anything else, I would be curious of what the solution might be. But because I know that I did it, I know that I also can undo it. For greater is he in me and how I forgot how great he was in me. And when I lowered God, I lowered myself. But when I raised him up, I raised myself also. For he said that if I be lifted up, I would draw all into me. And I lifted him high and he drawed me. He drew me all the way in. He reached deep down inside of me. And it wasn't pretty. I cried and cried and cried, cried and cried and cried. A horrid, wretched cry. I had to scream. You would have thought I was crazy. But I realized that my mouth was locked shut. I don't know when, I don't know where, and I don't know why, but I realized my mouth was no longer being opened. I realized that I was silent when I was to be speaking. For if the power of life and death lies in the tongue, my silence does nothing. And I was silent. But as soon as I opened my mouth, Everything broke. And yet I feel power again. And 
yet I feel glory again, and yet I feel purpose again, and yet I feel strength again, and yet I feel God again, yet I feel me again. People go through breakups and say, I don't know who I am before. They're talking about personality. They don't know who to be. Not that that person is gone, but that's why we cannot build ourselves up based on anything outward. It has to only come from inward and inward is spirit. That's why once I remembered how big God was, I could remember how big I am because it's spirit. You can't win a spiritual battle fighting in the flesh. You can sit down and have so many conversations to get an understanding, but if the problem isn't in the flesh and it's in the spirit, there will be no solution until you hop into the spirit. And there's a place in the spirit where every weapon of warfare comes into your view and is at your disposal and you've got to light the enemy up. Uh, That's a different level. For our weapons are not carnal, but mighty in God to bring down strongholds. When you've got great purpose, the enemy brings great attack. So while you might be able to pray for someone else and it be loose, you might have to really war in the spirit to break off what's on your life. And I dive deep into the spirit in every way I knew how and I had to break it. Satan does not have more power than us. The Bible says that I have given you power to tread over serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means harm you. Nothing shall by any means harm you. That's why no weapon formed shall prosper. Because nothing shall by any means harm you. So the weapon has formed and the enemy is trying to convince you that the weapon is prospering. But he knows it can't. So he knows that if he can get into your mind the fake idea that it is prospering. If he can manipulate your view, your sight to see things that are not. You become your own worst enemy. That's exactly why the Bible tells us to walk by faith and not by sight because the enemy will manipulate what we can see, but he can't touch our faith. That's why the Bible says to be steadfast and immovable. Let our roots be planted like a tree. That's our faith. So when attacks come, it can't touch us because of our faith. The enemy is a deceiver. He's a manipulator. He's sneaky and conniving and wants to convince you of everything opposite of God. How do I know? Because the Bible tells us that we can bring down every thought that acknowledges itself against the knowledge of Jesus Christ. And those thoughts are thoughts of defeat. Those thoughts are thoughts that say we do not have the victory. Those thoughts are the thoughts that say it's too late for me. Those are the thoughts that say I can't do it. When the Bible says that I can do all things 
through Christ who strengthens me. Meaning, it doesn't matter if I've got the strength or not, Christ is strengthening me. It doesn't matter if I have the resources or not, Christ is giving it unto me. How do I know? For I shall supply all your needs according to my riches and my glory. That's not the verbatim. I already know. So I forgot who I was. God is so amazing because he will not allow us to be tempted beyond what we can bear. He can allow me to get low enough to experience what it's like when we lose touch with who we are by not doing what is required of who we are. But he didn't get me so, didn't allow me to get so low that I couldn't get back up again. That's why we glory in every tribulation, knowing tribulation produces what? Perseverance. Perseverance, what? Character. Character, what? Hope. Because now I've got enough hope to believe that when I don't feel like myself, I can get back in myself. Because I felt helpless, like I would never get back into who I thought I knew. Yet here I am today, standing in the person that I had left behind. So now I've got hope. Now I've got perseverance. Now I'm ready for the next one. Now I've got a little more character. Because he couldn't take me out. I couldn't take myself out. No weapon formed shall prosper. Meaning if I form the weapon myself, it yet still won't prosper. He didn't say if Satan forms the weapon. He didn't say if Johnny forms the weapon. He didn't say if the people across the country formed the weapon in Russia, the Ukraine. He just said any weapon formed won't prosper. No weapon formed will prosper. And any tongue, he went on to say, even if it be not a weapon, even if it be just someone using power in their mouth against you. It shall not prosper. It shall be condemned. Oh, it's the word of God that keeps you stable in the midst of instability. It's the word of God that sets it's the word of God that breaks yokes. It's the word of God that breaks chains. It's the word of God that delivers, heals, and sets free. It is by his word. You can be so spiritual and all that stuff, but if you don't have his word, you are helpless. You are hopeless. You are weak and defenseless. Because when the enemy comes to attack, it's not what you think that pushes him back. It is what you know. And you only know what the word of God has revealed to us. So you stand on the word when the enemy comes up against you. When you're breaking free from the sin that's had you bound your whole life. And he comes to say it's too late. You're already condemned. That's when you fire back and say... There is therefore now no condemnation in Christ Jesus. Oh, 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 oh. It is the word of God. It is this book right here. It is living, breathing, moving. The word of God is not stuck or stuck. 
still, it doesn't just apply to the old age. It is living, breathing, and moving. And if you have not got to dive into the living waters that lie in this book, you have not spent enough time because it is the word of God that has saved me time after time, that has changed my life, that has renewed my mind and placed the right spirit back in me. Even when I didn't know what to pray, I knew what to read. And if I didn't know what to read, I stood on what I already knew. Because there gets a point, you'll get to a point when the word sticks to you. It starts sticking to you. So even if you're not reading like you should be reading, you've got word just stuck in you. And it's nothing you can do about it. Satan can't take it away. You can't take it away. It's stuck to you. So even while I was in my pit, I yet still said greater is he in me. No, I didn't feel great. No, I didn't feel powerful, but greater is he in me because it ain't. It don't matter how I feel. It just is. The word of God is solid and sealed. Potent. Doesn't matter how I feel. So while I was under attack, I just stood on his word. He said he'll put rivers in the desert and paths in the wilderness. So I stood on his word. I'm in an unfamiliar place going through an unfamiliar situation in an unfamiliar circumstance. Yet at the end of the day, I know that you're with me. How do I know? Goodness and mercy shall follow you all the days of your life. So I've got something on the back of me. For I lead you in the path of righteousness for my name's sake. So I got something in front of me. So if I've got something in the back of me, something in front of me, and I serve a God that says nothing will ever separate you from my love. That means he's right here. He's right there. And he's right here. For Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. So I stood on his word. And every tear that fell, I felt more confident that he was here. <coughs> he says, I am near to the weary and the brokenhearted. It goes on to say something I can't remember verbatim about a contrite spirit, but basically saying that that when you're at your lowest, he's yet still at his highest and he's right there with you. The enemy wants to make us forget that God is always with us. So then when we get into the pit, we're not just in the pit with God for in the valley of the shadow of death, fear no evil for I am with you. We're not with God. We have no rod and staff to comfort us. We're just alone. But you got to stand on the word of God that says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Then when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. Behold, you are in my hand. As it says in Isaiah, you are in my hand and nothing can get you out of this hand because I am God. And I chose you before I formed you in your mother's womb. I knew you. You are mine. 
oh Israel, you disobedient, foolish people. You are yet still mine. So if you can just stand on that revelation that you are mine and nothing and no one, not even yourself, can take you away from me. It won't matter the pit that you're in. You know you're not alone. You'll know that God is standing down in that pit with you. How do I know? Because if he wasn't with you, you'd already be dead. When Jesus said, peace be still, we're going into Luke. They were so worried about the storm, not realizing that everything was all right because they had yet to drown. Water was getting in the boat, yet they had yet to drown. So worried because they didn't realize they forgot the revelation that Jesus being with them allowed them to survive in what they would have died in. So you're worried because things are looking crazy, not understanding that no matter how crazy they look, Jesus is with you. And if Jesus be with you, how in the world could it not work for good? If Jesus is on the boat, the waves surely can't drown Jesus. So at the very least, if I humble myself to say, it ain't even about me. I've got to come up out of this because God has purpose for me. All things work for good to those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. When Moses no longer had purpose, it switched to Joshua. As I was with Moses, now I am with you. When we switch kings to David... There was no longer purpose. So now we're shifting to someone new, something new. If there's no longer any purpose, you would not be here. If, if, if you didn't have any purpose, you wouldn't even have the opportunity to be in the pit because Satan does not attack people who don't have great purpose. If you're living life below the radar, Satan's not going to come and attack you. It's when you start stepping and making noise that he wants to come and attack you. It's when you start exhibiting extreme faith. It's when you start diving into worship deeper than ever before. When you start fellowshipping with the Lord and you turn from your old ways to accept your new ones and open the door and invite them in. It's then when you have faith like Job that says, though he slay me, yet will I trust him that you get on the enemy ner enemy's nerves. And now he's like, what can we do to take this man out? This girl is too strong. She's got strong faith. She's going through a divorce right now. She's going through a breakup right now. Her man's cheating on her, yet she's still living. We got to take her out right now. Listen, he lost his job. His girlfriend turned his back. His boyfriend turned his back. It, it's, it's a bit chaotic now. What are we going to do to get to a level ground here where we can take him out? That is how you know that you've got purpose. You can tell how great your purpose is by the level of the attack. If your mind is attached to your purpose, you will see the enemy coming after your mind. If your vocal cords are attached to your purpose, you'll see the enemy coming after your vocal cords. If your body is attached to your purpose, you'll see him coming after your body. You can tell how great your purpose is by the level of the attack. And beloved, I say unto you today, you have more power than it all. The worst thing that you could ever do 
is forget that greater is he in you than he that is in the world. If you grasp a hold to just that, I promise you'll overcome so much. If you remember nothing else, everyone's not deep in their word yet. Everyone doesn't memorize all the scriptures. But if you can just remember the greater is he in you than he that is in the world. When Satan comes to attack because he comes to steal, kill and destroy. Instead of bowing, you'll stand up and say greater is he in me. Because that's enough right there. You may not know the strategy. You may not know how to fight. You may not know what to pray or what to say. You may not know how to show up. But if you just stand with your shoulders back, knowing and standing in greater is he and me, the rest will happen. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. If you get that word on your heart and let it stir and marinate, that is what you become. All you've got to do is remember that greater is he in you and then you shall become what you already are and you'll walk differently. The anointing comes with the understanding and acceptance of who you are in God. Most people don't get to really have a true relationship with the Holy Spirit because they minimize him and even themselves to play with it momentarily. <clears throat> if we are children of the God who created the heavens and the earth, brethren to Jesus Christ, God himself, if we have the Holy Spirit on the inside of us, we are God's ourselves. But when you minimize yourself to be nothing but a normal human, I can understand why you have no power. We are not God himself, no. But God is stepping down on the inside of us with all power and authority. He has given us his Holy Spirit in fullness, the same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the grave. <laughs> Hallelujah. So why second guess who you are? If you know nothing else, know that you're greater. Father, in the name of Jesus, I wanna pray with y'all. I pray, oh God, for every listener, every watcher, every person, oh God, who has lost touch with themselves or even has yet to be introduced to who they are, oh God. You said that if we lose our life, we'll find one in you. And Father, sometimes letting go of our old life is a little bit too scary because we don't know what to grasp a hold of. But if we knew, it wouldn't take faith. So Father, I pray for faith on today. I pray that our faith be stirred on today. I pray that our faith be freshly deposited on today. I pray that your spirit be freshly deposited in us on today. I pray that you reach down from heaven and touch us and reach up from on the inside of us and meet in the middle, oh God, because you're a God that meets us right where we are, oh God. I'm thankful that neither height nor death nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor good nor evil nor any created thing could ever separate us from your love. I'm thankful that if we make our bed in hell, there you find us. If we're our own worst enemy, yet you save us and don't allow even those weapons to prosper. You are the God that created heavens and earth, me, Adam, and Jesus. You are God and God alone. None can come close to you. So I say thank you on today that you sit high and look low. That if I'm so low, I can't lift my 
myself. All I've got to do is lift you up and you'll lift me up. How does it work? I don't know, but I'm thankful and I love you. And Father, I pray that every single believer, every single one of your children, oh God, will be covered by your blood on today from the crown of their head to the soles of their feet and that they will arise in power. Power understanding who you are and power understanding then what that makes them. For if we be your children, heirs to the throne, if we be brethren of you, Jesus Christ, we must have some type of power and authority. And yet you said, I've given you power and authority to tread over serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. Father, I thank you for power and I pray that you show us how to use our power on today. I pray that the eyes of our understanding be opened, that we might see in us we have yet to see before and that we don't shy away or run away, but we grasp a hold of that us in boldness and fearlessness for you didn't even give us a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind, oh God. Let us take that sound mind and exercise it. Let us take power and exercise it. Let us take love and exercise it, bringing down every thought, taking it captive that goes against who you are and what you're speaking to us and what you stand for, oh God, that we will stand firmly planted ten toes down in authenticity authenticity in who you are and who you are in us, oh God, not worried about anything, not walking by sight, but by faith, not worried by this world, frustrated, no, but at peace, oh God, knowing that everything's working for good, knowing that the odds are stacked in our favor, knowing that the present sufferings of today cannot be compared to your glory that shall be revealed, letting go of the need to control everything, not worrying about tomorrow, but being present in our today, trusting that you are making a way, trusting that your word will not return unto you void. Oh God, show yourself new to us on today, God. For if we can't see you, we can't see us. For we are only to be a reflection of you. Let us see your face. Let us touch your hands that we might know what we look like. And who we are to be, oh God, let your spirit fall freshly on us. Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on us today. Oh God, do a new thing. Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Gabor, fight for us, oh God. Jehovah Sitkanu. Show yourself plain. Reach down into every dark pit that we're in and find us, oh God, and bring us closer to you. Lord, I'm thankful because it's already done. I'm a living testimony that it's already done. And I decree and declare it already done for every listener, every believer who believes in their heart, the Lord Jesus, that you rose from the grave, that you are the son of God. Oh God, I decree and declare that it is already done, that the battle is over that their eyes are being opened, that a way is being made. I decree and declare a fresh anointing falling upon them even now, fresh discernment, fresh clarity, fresh power, a new mantle. I thank you for your word. I thank you for your presence, oh God. I thank you for your grace and your mercy and your strength, your love. Forgive us for every sin known and unknown, seen and unseen. And I thank you for your forgiveness, oh God. You're worthy to be praised. Hallelujah. Just because of who you are. 
Now unto you who was able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ever ask or think. Now unto you who was able to keep us from falling. I might trip and I might even stub my toe, but I won't fall because of you. Oh, I give you glory. I give you honor. You have dominion and you are a power, oh God. It is in the name of Jesus Christ. Christ Jesus, my Lord, my Savior, my everything. My peace, my strength, my keeper, my redeemer, my way maker, my miracle worker. Oh, you're a promise keeper. The ultimate light in the darkness. My healer. The one that lets me know I'm not alone and tells me I'm loved even when the world makes me feel like I'm not. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Um, that's all I got for y'all today. Peace.